I'm Allie Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and welcome to the Treasured Ministries podcast. Say hello, Shelly. We're so glad hello. to have you back. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So today is part two um, of our uh, a series that we're doing where Shelly um, has been gracious enough to be courageous and, and share really um, and I said this last time, which is just an epic journey through uh, through a season of, of just pain, um, but God uh, taking something uh, like pornography and uh, and your journey with it, with walking through pain, with finding out with your husband and uh, and the beauty that has happened on the other side. And so we're here today to to share more of her story um, and to give you hope that our God is a redeemer, that we live in a dark place, but that that in a way that only he can orchestrate and in his timing and in his way, everything that the enemy meant for bad, God can take and use for good. So um, so when we were talking last week, we, we left off, we were talking about your story um, and, and how God was, was really leading you in just such a profound way through your husband's journey. And if, if you're just joining into part two and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't hear the first part. Well, you don't need to miss it because you need to hear it. The first part, there was some, I mean, her story is really amazing and I've learned so much. Uh, about the the pornography addiction and how that affects uh, the marriage and the brain and just and just the man. So, but all you need to do is just go into the description and you can click on the link and that'll take you back to uh, back to part one of of Shelley's story. Um, but we're going to go ahead and and just pick off where you left and and what one of the ways that God led you, one of the ways that he led you was learning more about the brain, which we talked about that um, a little bit before uh, in the first podcast, how it destroys, um, it destroys your ability to make logical thinking um, and, and that it, that the part of your brain where you're just responding with feeling is, is strengthened. Um, and so can you, let's go ahead and dive back into that. Um, can you talk about that phenomenon with the brain, how the feeling is strengthened and the logic and reasoning, uh, goes away, which normally, um, like I know in our marriage, like my husband <laughs> is the logical thinker and I'm more the, the feeling part. So how does that, how does that happen? And then what impact does that make? Well, God, you know, when he created our brains, he did such a beautiful job because we need to have reason because reason gives us lot allows us to make logical, wise, healthy choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we need to have a feeling part of the brain because the feeling one tells us when something's hot, like a stove, mm-hmm. um, or that we're sad and what that feeling might represent so that we can resolve and get to the root of our problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, just like any other muscle, whatever we exercise grows the strongest. Mm-hmm. And with pornography, it tend, it will deaden the reason and logic sign because you're not using reason and logic when you're viewing this stuff, when you're mm-hmm. making those choices. Mm-hmm. And instead, it intensifies and enhances the feeling aspect of the brain. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when when uh, when my husband stopped viewing and and contributing to his addiction and piling more things into his mind, he had to learn now how to exercise the logic part. Mm 
Mm-hmm. The emotional part grew stronger, mm-hmm. and now he was raw and broken, mm-hmm. and all the pains and the wounds that led him and ushered him enthusiastically into making these kind of choices mm-hmm. uh, now were all exposed, and he had absolutely no vice. So, mm-hmm. so removing the pornography or the substance that you're using to numb what's going on doesn't solve the problem. And when you're talking about numbing what's going on, are you talking about the root issue, the root pain that is at the bottom of it? Yes. And in many cases, most people don't even know what that is, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. someone who was an addict for such a long period of time. They don't know anymore why. They just Mm -hmm. know that they need this. Mm -hmm. And the enemy uses that as a lie. One of the lies that, that my husband believed was that he quote unquote needed this and that mm-hmm. he could stop at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would. There are seasons men do stop for a season of time mm-hmm. that gives them a false sense that they have control over this. Mm-hmm. And then sooner or later, an emotion, an experience, whatever will come up that's uncomfortable for them yeah. because the feeling part of the brain is now running the show mm-hmm. and the feeling says, this is awkward. This is uncomfortable. We need something. We don't want to feel this. Yeah. yeah. And it's quick to turn to its device. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so and so, some of that feeling shame and uh, not feeling good enough and the unworthiness and, and all of that. And the pornography helps to, to soothe all of that. I mean, is, Absolutely. That, is that some of it? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And even just for emotions and, and feelings that they don't really know, um, you know, we take the drug and then the drug takes us. Mm. And, and that's mm-hmm. just the truth behind it. It, it. It's the illusion of I can stop at any time. I can, I can, I can choose to lay this down, but I like to. I like it. We're now finding on many websites, years and years ago, secular websites, of course, minimized pornography and said that a little bit doesn't hurt. But in reality, if you took a little bit of cocaine, would that not hurt? I mean, it does hurt. And secular websites are even now saying that it is destroying marriages. They are Um, even talking about the breakdown of communication. They're talking about the brain activity and they're realizing it's much like cigarette smoking. In Mm -hmm. the beginning, we didn't know what we knew. Mm-hmm. And then in years to come, we knew that cigarette smoking was clearly bad for our health. Right. And that's what even the secular world is yeah. now coming to the conclusion as to how destructive pornography really is. Right, 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 right. So so with the with with the destruction on that and um and and that's good to hear that the world is saying that this is bad, and probably because it's gotten so much more prevalent with the with the internet and with every with the accessibility to it. It's not just looking, you know, in the fifties, just looking at like the nineteen fifties, just this pretty picture of a woman in a bathing suit. I mean, it's like gone gone extreme and just so readily available. So so the feeling side increases, the logic side decreases. Correct. Um, and so then, so then how did you, um, how, how, how did you get to that root? And then how did you help your husband, um, in that? Well, it certainly wasn't my choice to help him. Quite honestly, I wanted him to go out there and get help, come groveling back to me. And then just maybe I would bless him. (laughs) Yeah. But probably not Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of all the things he had done. Mm -hmm. So my attitude was, uh, good luck to you. 
mm-hmm. at first. And um, however, I will help you to get to a functioning place, a better place, because mm-hmm. my children are at stake. And for mm-hmm. my love for them, I mm-hmm. will help you. Mm-hmm. Um, not for the benefit necessarily of the marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, I had remembered going to see a counselor one time, and sh- and I had proudly said to her, I said, well, you know, he just needs a good God experience. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, that's what he needed. He just mm-hmm. needed something to wake him up. And I was so tired of these support groups that were surfacely orchestrated to where it was about his comfort. I wanted someone to get to the bottom of things, and I wanted someone to tell him, look, buddy, you yeah. have ruined your marriage. Yeah. And really hold his feet to the fire. Yeah. And nothing would do that Mm. but me. Mm -hmm. And I became the enemy in his eyes because Mm -hmm. I was the only one that was speaking truth. Mm -hmm. Nobody, the the church organizations really weren't willing to stand and call sin, sin. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really hard for me. So Mm -hmm. I had remembered saying, uh, I remember telling a counselor. Oh, I'm sorry. Why do you think that the church is not doing that? I think it's because it's an uncomfortable situation, first and foremost, and it's an uncomfortable topic. And it has a physical act that comes alongside of just viewing images. And when we've got pastors looking at it, uh, again, as we stated in the first part of the program, the first session, 50 to 58% Mm -hmm. are pastors that are viewing this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it speaks volumes of the fact that that it's just uncomfortable and people don't want to address it. But the problem is it is eroding the church. The church mm-hmm. is a body of believers which consists of families. And Satan is ingenious because he is taking down the top notch of the family, which is the men, mm-hmm. in turn causing the woman to question her own value. Yeah, yeah. And then we're seeing families split apart because these mm-hmm. people are, these men are mm-hmm. so addicted they can't stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're destroying the church. Mm-hmm. And it's too awkward for the church to talk about for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And because of that, uh, we're seeing the demise we're seeing today, mm-hmm. even in the Christian population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, I mean, and, and if a leader is struggling with it, then, then they may want to just... Let's not talk about it. You know? Well, absolutely. Well, I don't think that program would be good to have at the church. And so then if there's, right, if there's um, 58% of the, of the pastoral staff that are, that are doing it. Well, um, and, and another thing I want to comment on, too, is that, you know, Paul speaks to, to this in the book of Acts. When it came to the new church, you know, people were getting saved by the droves, it says, mm-hmm. lots of them. But they were still, still diving into their old worldly ways. And one thing that just has, stand, has stood firm in the test of time here is that in Romans, Romans 1, 24 through, uh, I believe it's like 26, mm-hmm. it says, therefore God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They mm-hmm. exchanged the truth of God for a lie mm-hmm. and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever worthy of praise. And that's what we're doing today. Men are, are exchanging the truth of what real intimacy is designed to look like by God and real um, and genuine physical love that can be expressed in a marriage for something artificial. Mm. So 
God's word is so prevalent in this, and God's word has stood the test of time because this was a problem they were dealing with back then. And now, because it is marketed everywhere, it's on television, it's in the way they design women's clothes, it's it's the click of a button, that that now it's, it's... we're seeing it destroy our lives. Yeah, yeah. And I love what you brought out about that scripture. Um, I think this is this is a new revelation, the, the truth about God for a lie, um, that, that it's not just even who God is. It's truth woven throughout of our life, God's intention for sex, God's intention yeah. for, for marriage, um, and that we trade that you know, for, for a lie. Um, so that, that's very powerful. Um, and so anyway, I've, I've taken us down a rabbit trail, but, but we were talking about how, you know, the, the church is, is not addressing this. You wanted, you wanted to get to the, the solution. I did. And you wanted someone to do that. And initially you said, can, can somebody else do that? And then God was like, Hey, how about you? Right. (laughs) And that was, how about you to help me? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that he works this way identically in everyone's life. Um, Mm -hmm. but based on my past Mm -hmm. and this is what God chose to do with me, I had gone home after going to that counselor and I had felt a little high and mighty because you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't an addict, so mm-hmm. I felt pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. And I was vacuuming, and suddenly the words, you're right, your husband does need a good God experience, and that is why you're here. Boom. Came Mic drop. right to me. Mic drop. And I just froze, and, and I proceeded. I turned off the vacuum, and I kind of looked around the house, and mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't an audible voice I had mm-hmm. heard. Mm-hmm. It was something that went through my head, mm-hmm. and, then I, and I knew it came from God. And then I proceeded to tell him, I said, you know, Lord, uh, need I remind you of mm-hmm. where this man went? Mm-hmm. And then God mm-hmm. reminded me of a prayer I had said only maybe a couple of years earlier. And I said, Lord, you have given me amazing testimonies of things that you have pulled me through. And I just want you to send me broken people so that I can minister to them. And my wow. own words came back to me. I had no idea when I prayed that that one of the one of the most brokenest human beings I would ever meet was living in my own home. Wow. And I never knew it. Oh, Shelley. Wow. And that really puts you to the test. Yeah. Because see, we can all help those who don't hurt mm-hmm. us and don't and haven't wounded us. Mm-hmm. Cuz they're safe. Mm-hmm. Um because we get to feel good mm-hmm. about ourselves when we mm-hmm. help someone like that. Mm-hmm. But when God asks you to step in and lend a hand and extend a hand to mm-hmm. someone who hurt, a, who hurt you, you don't get the glory. Only He does. And wow. you don't have the power to do it in your own strength. Yeah. He has to give that to you. Wow. Wow. And I'm just uh, thinking about, and I'm, I'm so glad that you brought all this up because it reminds me of um, the correct definition and and I think that the word helpmate in the Bible, you know, I, I believe it's spelled E Z E R as the Hebrew, but um, I might be anyway. But the, the the proper meaning of that, it's not a a a woman who uh, fixes lemonade and brings it to her husband on a coal on a hot day and attends to his every need. No, um, either is that your husband would 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 die like like without you, like that we need to be. 
that that partner for him um, that that is that is fighting for him this way. And there's a big difference between that, I think, and some of the um, some of the portrayal, like whatever you want to do, da, 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 you know, that kind of thing. So God called you to be that um, that that warrior helpmate. Oh, absolutely. Know. And that yeah. was going to mean laying down tough boundaries. And that was going to yeah. mean showing him what real love was. But here's yeah. what's funny. I had to first experience and f- fully mm-hmm. understand what love really meant. Mm-hmm. Because the world teaches us it's an emotion. And yeah. in my mind, I had said, well, I don't love him anymore. Look what he'd done. Yeah. And I, God had showed me, I loved you when you were not unlo- when you were not lovable. Mm-hmm. I loved you enough to die for you. Mm-hmm. So what will you lay down for me? Mm. And because of my own past, God used that also in order to reach my husband. I had, I had been a love addict in my mm-hmm. life, which is a female version, mm-hmm. if you will, of this kind of situation. I didn't mm-hmm. go off and look at images, but I certainly um, dove headfirst um, during my single parenting days into relationships and situations mm-hmm. that compromised myself because I was starving to feel that love. Yeah. And in essence, that was what my, my husband was doing. He was, like it talks about in Romans, he he traded in a lie for truth. Mm-hmm. And now it was going to be about dismantling those lies, mm-hmm. tearing those lies down, mm-hmm. and speaking and speaking truth to build him back up to, so he could be the man of God that God mm-hmm. created him to be. Because right now, he didn't know who he was. When we don't know who we are, we create an attempt to find a purpose for our own life. And we create our own image. But mm-hmm. when we recognize we were bought by a price and we were made in the image of God, we know how to behave. We know how to reflect Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not perfectly. We never will on the side of heaven. But my husband didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In order to do those kind of things, he didn't know who he was. And he certainly didn't know boundaries because an addict cannot have boundaries and be an addict. Yeah. yeah. Boundaries are what keep us safe from being, coming an addict. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, you mentioned, I want to go back to something. You said you talked about real love. So what? what is... Real love. I had to choose, uh, and, and God doesn't force anything on us, but when God speaks to us, He, mm-hmm. he equips us, and mm-hmm. He gives us the understanding. We may not know why or how we're going to do it, but we trust. Mm-hmm. And I knew when God was calling me and He stated that to me, I knew He would equip me. Mm-hmm. Um, I always mm-hmm. knew when this first happened, I said, mm-hmm. Lord, I, I, I'm going to trust that you're going to use this. I don't yeah. know how, but this is going to be another another testimony somehow you're going to use this this is going to yeah. be on my spiritual resume somehow yeah. and you're going to use it for good yeah yeah i had no idea mm-hmm. what all good that would become mm-hmm. um but he when he showed me that it was first it was be a choice it would be choosing to to it would be choosing to do right by my husband mm-hmm. even when he did wrong to me. Mm-hmm. Some of the lies that women believe is that, well, when we're, they're so broken and hurt, and I have, I have, I've, I've met with women who have done this, they in turn start to buy the lie themselves, and then they go out and find someone who will tell them and feed them mm-hmm. through ungodly behavior, obviously, mm-hmm. that they really are okay. Mm-hmm. And I had to make sure that I kept my hands clean mm-hmm. and not buy Satan's lies mm-hmm. so that I could continue to speak truth to my own self as well as my husband. Yeah, yeah. So first yeah. it was the choice. I'm going to do right by you. Even when you do wrong to me, mm-hmm. I'm going to do right by mm-hmm. you because I know who I am. I know mm-hmm. who I am in mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the doing right, I want you to go a little bit deeper into that because um, 
because a codependent might hear something different with the doing right. Um, do you know what I'm trying to, do you Absolutely. know the road I'm getting ready to go down? Absolutely. Um, and that's one of the reasons, like what I love about your story is the consistency with, with boundaries and with, with the real love, which is, you know, we're, we're going to, um, we're, you know, we're, we're, there's going to be boundaries. There's going to be, um, uh, the, you, you weren't getting your needs met through, through how, anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. I do. So, I do. So speak to, because a woman might hear that and okay. say, um, so then does that mean that I put up with, do you know what I mean? Oh, and absolutely yeah. not. First mm-hmm. of all, we were separated for seven months, mm-hmm. um, at, at, total, uh, mm-hmm. after the second time around. Mm-hmm. And um, when God spoke to me on that, and I realized that the counseling my husband was receiving was not effective for him, mm-hmm. um, and God was showing me that you are using and going to outside mm-hmm. resources, and mm-hmm. when in turn I want to use you, mm-hmm. um, that's when I had a choice, and mm-hmm. I chose to submit to God. Mm-hmm. It meant very healthy boundaries. My mm-hmm. husband was allowed to come back to the home. Mm-hmm. Um, he slept on a cot mm-hmm. in another room sometimes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. at some points I allowed him in the room, mm-hmm. and we would talk. I was teaching my husband a new level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. True intimacy is not centered around sex. Mm-hmm. It's centered around truthful behavior. It's centered wow. around bonding. Mic it's... drop. Wait a minute. Oh, sorry. <laughs> True intimacy is not centered around no. sex. No. It's centered around truthful behavior. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Sex is only designed by God to enhance what the mm-hmm. couple already has. Mm-hmm. But if the couple doesn't have that because mm-hmm. there's not the authenticity and there's the brokenness mm-hmm. and the wounds, well, mm-hmm. then that needs to be healed first. Mm-hmm. And my husband, if you, you know, as you recall, would, would, go to those means in order to feel like he was okay due mm-hmm. to childhood wounds. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going to be a part of feeding that. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, I will not continue to feed your, your addiction, mm-hmm. but I will help you through it if you want. Yeah. I said, but yeah. I cannot want your recovery more than you. Yeah. So you'll need to make a choice. Yeah. And this is what it will look like. Mm-hmm. My husband gave up his smartphone. Mm-hmm. He gave up every device he had mm-hmm. that would allow him to gain access. Mm-hmm. He gave up his own office. Mm-hmm. And he moved into a cube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we it changed our entire world. Mm-hmm. We watched more carefully and more diligently what we viewed. Mm-hmm. Um, there, we didn't go to the beach, obviously, during mm-hmm. certain seasons. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it was a transformation of lifestyle. Yeah, but it was a yeah. God honoring one. Yeah. You know, those are all yeah. things we should all be watching. What we we're, we're, we should all be mindful of what we're watching anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point being is, is that the boundaries I laid down, and I said these will need to be, need to be the terms that you agree to. Yeah. yeah, and there were other ones as well, mm-hmm. uh, but those are the ones that come to my come to my mind at the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, and that's loving. That's what a codependent needs to see. That that you know that's love. That's love to to set all these boundaries. So let's. So then you know God led you on this path of understanding um, how the brain is fearfully and wonderfully made, and how you could be that um, that person that would that you were like the personal trainer, right? Working out the logic side of the brain, right? Um, I mean, you know. In, so so can you kind of go go into that and how? All that works, how that happened, and how you were able to help him. 
well, I'd done a lot of research and mm-hmm. uh, started to understand. I, I, I knew at this point, I knew this addiction like the back of my hand. I could have mm-hmm. written a term paper on it mm-hmm. because I, had, I knew it so well. Mm-hmm. It paid for me to know it well. I wanted mm-hmm. to know, again, what was eroding my, mm-hmm. my marriage, and I needed to dig deep. How did you find out? Like what, how did you, where did you go to find this information? I mean, did you like search on the internet and read a lot or were there? I did. I did. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, just, just the, just to understand the science behind Mm -hmm. it, the Mm -hmm. dynamics behind it. Mm -hmm. I never once put my head in the sand. I never once said, well, and I've heard this to be true. Some, some woman will say, as long as I don't catch you. Yeah. Well, that that was that was not going to be the case for me because that mm-hmm. doesn't help someone. Loving them means doing what's best for them. I wanted what was best mm-hmm. for my husband, whether that meant the marriage got repaired or not. Yeah, I love that. Loving means doing what is best. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I would think like if like I might feel overwhelmed. And just put my head in the sand, like how am I gonna, you know, tackle this? But, uh, but you faced it with courage and, and head on. And so, what did you find out about the brain and how you could how you could help your husband? Um, well, you know, we've talked a little bit, I think, in the beginning about the brain and the different parts of it and how mm-hmm. it's affected by pornography. Um, but there is that feeling brain and there is that reason brain that we, we that we discussed. Mm-hmm. And so, it was about empowering his the logic side of his brain, which meant not catering to his feelings. My husband was very, very raw. Um, I was dealing with a little boy who was very broken. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is that our emotions, our emotional development gets stunted at a time period in which there is tragedy. In other words, my husband suffered a trauma wound, is what mm-hmm. it would be diagnosed mm-hmm. as, trauma wound at six years of age when his mother left the family home. Mm. That's where his world turned upside down for him. Then there were other wounds that were created at different pivotal points of his Mm -hmm. development. And so when we had to, when the porn was removed and the acting out on the addiction was removed, then it came time to dressing and feeling those wounds. Mm -hmm. And at Mm -hmm. first I gave my husband the freedom to just express it because he needed to get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did not do is I was not quick to run over and comfort my husband because what happens is when we're when somebody approaches us and they quickly hug us when we're tearful, it stops the tears. And my husband had to feel. Yeah. He needed to feel those. Yeah. And I needed to be comfortable, which sometimes we're not always comfortable in this, but I needed to make it okay and I needed to be a safe enough person and provide mm-hmm. a safe enough setting to where when he would cry and feel those emotions, that I let him sit in it yeah. and not be awkward enough myself to feel codependent to rescue him from feeling that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because it's in um, we we in order to heal we have to be okay with with feeling um, because like you were saying I think this was in the first podcast that the feeling is that or no you said this in this podcast that the feeling is there it's not a bad thing but it's there to be like an engine light into your soul like there's something that's Absolutely. going wrong but if you medicate the feeling then you never address the root issue that's in the soul and there's you're just medicating 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 for that. And so that's, that's really powerful. So even when we come along and hug, that's the, you know, the soothing of that. And then it, you know, and then it stops. So, yeah. so, but you wanted him to, to sit in that, um, it, to, to sit in that pain. He needed um, to be able to, he needed to be able to, and he mm-hmm. needed to know that he would be okay and he wasn't going to die sitting and feeling in that. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the, the immediate thought is 
I need something. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I need something. I need yeah. something. Yeah. And he needed to know, yeah, you're right. You're hurting. Yeah. But you're okay. Yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah. And I yeah. had to be comfortable enough in sitting there. Yeah. And, and I had enough counseling in my own life mm-hmm. from way back when that in reality, I picked up the things that I knew were useful and that were uh-huh. healthy from various uh-huh. counselors I had seen. Mm-hmm. And I applied it and I became that the counselor, counselor yeah. that yeah. my husband needed and didn't have. Yeah. So then, so then with the feeling side, then, um, and then you sought to help him develop the logic side of it, which would allow him to, when he had that feeling, find the truth, right? Find God's truth to apply to this, to the situation instead of medicating the, the feeling. Um, is that, is that correct? Um, yeah. You're like, sort of. No, but no, no, not. Yeah. No, no, that's it. That's it. Um, what sort we have of. to do is yeah. because, you know, just like the verse in Romans talks about that, that I, that I mentioned is that he had exchanged for years. He believed lies about himself. What were some of the lies? He um, that he, uh, wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. When you have an, a parent that is absent from the home mm-hmm. uh, and leaves the family home when you need them the most, mm-hmm. the little boy in him believed the lie for a lot of years that he wasn't worth sticking around for. Yeah, he wasn't worth yeah. And I had to be willing to separate his despicable behavior as a grown adult from the little boy. Mm-hmm. In other words, I could compartmentalize and sympathize with the little boy and reassure him that his mother's absence had nothing to do with him. That was about her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that it was okay to feel hurt. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, it wasn't fair. Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. validate that, to mm-hmm. validate his pain that he sat in mm-hmm. without feeling my own emotions mm-hmm. about what he had done recently. Mm-hmm. So it was a fine line I walked. God was constantly working on healing my heart. And I had to choose to separate what he had done mm-hmm. From his own past yeah. when he was a little boy so that I could yeah. minister to him. Because if yeah. I had been focused on my own wound, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to see. I would have been, I would have, they would have become enmeshed mm-hmm. and I would not have been able to separate the mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. And, and that kept you, you know, thinking along the lines of God's truth and, and, you know, and being connected with him so that you could help him. Yeah. And so, and so, so with, with those feelings of, of, I'm not good enough, then how do you start to, um, start to build that logic reasoning where you're depending on God's truth? Um, well, he started memorizing scripture mm-hmm. and replacing the lies with truth. Mm-hmm. And I'd say to him when he would say, well, I, well, I know this, I'd say, you know, or you feel, which one is it? Mm. And he'd mm. say, "Well, I, I know." And sometimes he would assign uh, things to me. Mm-hmm. In other words, I know you don't think I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, "Did I say that?" Mm-hmm. Well, I just know it. And I say, "Well, that's funny because I don't ever remember saying it, and I certainly mm-hmm. haven't. I haven't believed that. That's not how I see you, and that's not how I viewed you." Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's talk about this for a moment. Mm-hmm. And we would stop whatever was happening, whatever was going on, mm-hmm. and we would address it. Mm-hmm. And we would talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we had to work on was anger issues. Mm-hmm. When That's all a part of feeling. Mm-hmm. And when you're not used to feeling, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all these explosive feelings mm-hmm. would come out. And he had to... And I taught him mm-hmm. and worked with him a lot on, mm-hmm. okay, 
does this feeling match the issue? In other words, when we're really intensely angry mm-hmm. about something, mm-hmm. but it doesn't align with the issue at hand, then we know our emotion is about something much deeper. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. teach him how to peel his own onion. Most of the questions I would ask my husband, I already knew the answer to, but mm-hmm. I would ask him so that he himself could start to uncover why. Because Mm -hmm. he needed to take responsibility for his recovery. Mm -hmm. And part of taking responsibility for his recovery was to see how he was going to do it for himself. Right. I would, in other words, I would give him the tools, show him how to dig, Mm -hmm. but make him do the digging. Right, right. Right, and then that was helping him develop that that logic side of the brain, which allows us to when we when we have those feelings, to to really let the Holy Spirit be that regulator of our emotions to to find the truth. Absolutely, will, yeah. and the truth is, Scripture tells us that we deaden the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. when we choose mm-hmm. to live in disobedience. Mm-hmm. We we quiet his voice. My husband couldn't hear the Holy Spirit for the longest time. Wow. Um, he wow. knew what he was doing was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a Christian. He accepted Jesus, but he still had so much brokenness in him that wasn't yeah. resolved. And unfortunately, people just don't talk about things. Yeah. And it was not uh, acceptable and really talked about much in his family. So yeah. there wasn't an opportunity for him to resolve. The beauty and the benefit that, of, of God using me, when here when I thought, oh, I have just made the worst mistake I cannot believe this. If I'd only known truth about him, I would never have married him. The beauty was, A, my past helped me to identify and understand his Mm -hmm. present, Mm -hmm. or in essence, his past as well. Mm -hmm. But it also also equipped me. One positive thing was is that I, again, I'm not, not none of us are perfect uh, or perfect spouses, but I hadn't thrown gasoline in the, in, in, onto the fire. In other mm-hmm. words, I had good integrity in mm-hmm. my marriage. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done anything to betray my husband. Mm-hmm. I had had a good track record. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, I was now a woman in his life for the first time mm-hmm. that was actually safe when mm-hmm. women weren't safe before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is the reason why you go to a screen instead of a real woman, because a woman on a screen is safer. Mm-hmm. You can click them off. They're mm-hmm. not arguing with you. They're not telling you anything. Their body language is saying, yeah. I accept you no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so essentially, and, and even in that process, I would think you're teaching him to be vulnerable with you. Absolutely. You're, you're teaching him about the real thing, baby. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. What does vulnerability and, really look like? It doesn't right. mean I go behind a room and look at a screen. Yeah. Or I leave the house and do other, other yeah. behaviors with a real person. Yeah. It means... I'm willing to say, here I am. And at this point, my husband was so raw. All of his garbage came out. We had an all-day disclosure through the counselors. It mm-hmm. literally lasted about six hours. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. Wow. From the time of when he was when, when things first started, when mm-hmm. he first started viewing mm-hmm. things, which would have been about the age of eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And then he became addicted to pornography at about 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it went on the path. Yeah. So learning yeah. from the basics all the way up and to see everything unfold, I mean, you're you're pretty exposed at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, um, and and you mentioned you mentioned his his family, um, and you've also talked to me about the importance of boundaries with with certain people. Like you had to get around people who were on board in this journey. Um, and and so, can you speak a little bit more into that? 
Yes. Um, well, at first, you know, I, I thought his family would be uh, somewhat safe to share things with because I knew they would love him no matter what. Um, and I didn't disclose a lot of things to my family other than just what mm-hmm. the root issue was. Mm-hmm. But the details I kept privately. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I did that, I found that the response I would typically get was, well, isn't this kind of the way men are? Mm-hmm. Isn't this just the way things mm-hmm. always are? Mm-hmm. And it was minimized. Mm-hmm. And when my husband would speak to them, he would get the same message, which was contrary to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So at some point in time, you have to kind of look and go, well, what am I going to believe? Yeah. And yeah. I had said, um, I think we need to establish some healthy boundaries with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. ultimately, it was his choice, mm-hmm. but it was under my guidance mm-hmm. that I said, um, at this time period... Yeah. We need to not be in communication with them. Yeah, yeah. I said, because you're either a help or a hindrance. Right. And they were a hindrance. Right, right. And at that time, you need all the help, you know, that you can get. When you mentioned memorizing scriptures... Um, to help that, to help that, um, the logic part of the brain be able to choose the truth over over the lie. Um, when he memorized scriptures, were they about um, his worth and value as a child of God, or was it more about um, the the sexual immorality, like the behavior of it? Like when when you asked when you when you looked for scriptures. Um, what did you look for? Well, again, the, the, the root issue wasn't the pornography. Mm-hmm. The root issue was self-esteem. Mm-hmm. The root issue was believing the lies from childhood. Yeah. And so I started from the bottom, and mm-hmm. I worked my way up the top. Mm-hmm. So we dealt with it from the root, mm-hmm. and which was, let's see what God has to say who you are. Yeah. Let's see what yeah. God thinks of you. Yeah. I knitted you in your mother's womb. Mm-hmm. God doesn't mm-hmm. waste his time, so yeah. he has a plan and a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And you were a value enough for him to knit you. Yeah, yeah. He could have spoke you into existence like he did the animals and other creation, but he knitted you. He took his hands and he made you himself. You were that much value. Yeah. And it it took time and it took work. Like he had to be proactive about that. And I think I think sometimes we think, oh yeah, I'm God's child. I'm you know what I mean? And of course I believe that, you know. But um but you look at your behaviors, and your behaviors tell you what you actually believe. And so, um, yes. but I love that. I wanted to bring that out that you that the scripture memory started. You've got to start at the root um, where where the lie was. How so? So when when you were walking through um, these these resources, how and and just you know the different counselors and things like that because. I would imagine that maybe some of the women are listening or saying, well, gosh, that's great. Shelly, you sound so smart. Can you, you know, can you help me? But, but was it a process of like you just saying, God help. And then the Lord like leading you to one thing and then leading you to another thing that allowed you to, to have the resources to be able to help your husband. Um, I dug around a lot and I used for me when it came to books and so forth, I, looked up authors that I knew were reputable mm-hmm. that really truly did stand on God's word mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. our churches nowadays unfortunately will water down things yeah and yeah. minimize it and say that well you know certain acts are not mm-hmm. uh, they're not sin mm-hmm. and yet God is very very clear in his word yeah. anything mm-hmm. outside of the marriage bed on a sexual nature is sin yeah period yeah so I looked for things that would help when it came to um, childhood issues mm-hmm. of, of Parenting. Mm-hmm. I looked for books that dealt with. Uh, I think it's called uh, um, the mother syndrome. 
mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. was by Henry Cloud and John Townsend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that are well-known, excellent, yep. Yep. excellent authors. Yeah. yeah, And we did that, and he read yeah. the chapter that most identified with the characteristics of how he was, you know, his mother mm-hmm. and how she related to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything I can get my hands on that I previewed first mm-hmm. was really important. My goal at a certain point, you know, once it became the marriage, it was to get my husband to a place where he could again become the head of the house. Mm-hmm. It, it was a very fine line I walked because God does not call me to step up and be the head of the house. But for a season of time, God does call us to use wisdom, wisdom and good judgment. Mm-hmm. And my husband's judgment was impaired. So mm-hmm. I had to be the final decision maker. Yeah. And my husband yeah. yielded that to me when he yeah. really started to understand the brain mm-hmm. and it was illustrated to him, and he could see the mm-hmm. behaviors in himself that drew a line mm-hmm. to the brain damage that, mm-hmm. that we discovered. Then he he yielded that to me, and he was yeah. he would res- he respected that. Yeah. While I was raising our own children, yeah. and getting him to a better place so that he could then be the head of our house again. Yeah, yeah, I love it. But it was a fine line I walked because yeah. I I did not want to come out, I did not want to take over and play mommy, mm-hmm. but in a certain way I was teaching him things that that should have been taught. Right, because he, the, if if his mom was there, I mean, one, the whole abandonment that he had to deal with, but then if his mom was there, then she would have been the one to help him to learn to regulate emotion. Like if he wanted a toy and couldn't have one, um, you know, well, sometimes we have to wait for things and sometimes, you know, and, and asking all those questions to get him to think through. But, but not only did he not have a mom there to do that from a young age, um, his mom abandon him. And so so there so that little boy in him was never able to emotionally no. mature. And yeah. so God God knew and God used you to be that person and you know and now I would think that the shift is he's he's able to depend on God for that. Um I mean, he was depending on God for before, but just kind of that that natural shift of, you know, that God brings us uh, people to walk alongside of and then you know, then we're able to to strengthen um, the truth and you that know, kind of thing. That's another good point because I, I think the reality is is that he had to learn uh, what real dependence on God was, just yeah. like I did at this time. You know, we all yeah. say we trust, we believe in God because that's the Christian thing to say. Yeah, and, and we do to a certain level. But yeah. when everything depends on that, I mm. didn't want. Mm. I didn't want my husband to become dependent upon me. My yes. goal and my focus was to get him to have his eyes on God. Yeah. It wasn't for him to need me. That yeah. would have been selfish. Yeah. He needed women, and they had failed him. And I, too, would fail my husband. Mm-hmm. Not because I intend to, but because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a human being, and yeah. I will fail. Yeah. So my goal and my objective wasn't to get him to transfer his dependency from pornography or any other vice he used during this time of, of his life with his addiction onto me. That would have been self-seeking motives. That would have mm-hmm. been dishonoring God. Yeah. And clearly yeah. codependency. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was to get him and, and push him closer to God. Yeah, yeah. The reality is, is that when, when the person becomes the priority and the focus, the marriage starts to take care of itself. Mm. Because, mm-hmm. see, as a person heals, they're able to be more of a marriage partner. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if we are focusing, and sadly, I think in counseling lots of times, and I've seen other couples have a tendency to do this, where mm-hmm. they they make the marriage the priority. we got to get the marriage back together. The marriage has to be, you know, mm-hmm. we, need, we need God to heal the marriage. Mm-hmm. No, we need God to heal the people. Yeah. If God heals the people, 
the marriage starts the marriage to heal. Will fall in line because ultimately healing is you know putting God first, and when we do that, then you know then all of our other relationships seem to line up. I, and 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 with with this journey, was your husband? Um, he he. There was a willingness and a want to change, right? Well, or or, or was there, <laughs> Shelley? He had yeah. the he had the head desire to change. Well, I guess okay, I, I guess I'd say a part of him wanted it, but he didn't always want to do the work to make that happen. Yeah. In other words, yeah. God had done a radical thing mm-hmm. in him when he mm-hmm. really hit the bottom with mm-hmm. this. God took that away from him, mm-hmm. and he gives all glory to God. God mm-hmm. took that desire, yeah. but that chemical need, God did not take away from him. Mm-hmm. That's where the brain work had to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, 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 it, he didn't have that desire anymore to mm-hmm. seek out images or to mm-hmm. do some of the other destructive things he was doing. Mm-hmm. God gave him the strength to stop that when he never had had that before in the past. Mm-hmm. But the brokenness was still right there and all yeah. in full-fledged and raw. Yeah. And the emotional, I still need this. And so one of the things that my husband later had confessed to me that he had done was that he would, you know, we as a responsible parent want to go to lots of times um, different websites in order to find out, well, what's in a TV mm-hmm. show or what's mm-hmm. in a movie? Mm-hmm. And they'll list to you mm-hmm. everything that, that, show, that shows mm-hmm. that is restrictive or should be restrictive mm-hmm. and not be permitted to kids. Mm -hmm. And in order to feed his addiction, Mm -hmm. he would read that stuff because it would say, shows this, shows that, Mm -hmm. shows this. Mm -hmm. Just reading those words would paint an image in his head. Uh Uh And so he got really clever Mm -hmm. at, okay, how do I stop this pornography, quote unquote, Mm-hmm. But I'm going to explode because I need this. Yeah. You know, the willingness in the heart, you know, Paul talks about this. Mm-hmm. You know, our flesh is weak. The desire mm-hmm. to do the right thing is mm-hmm. there, but oh, how do I do this? And unfortunately, my husband was praying and he had told me, he says, I keep, I, I pray that, that, you know, God will just take all that desire from me. And I said, you know, that's a sweet prayer. I said, <laughs> however, that's <laughs> what I said. Yeah. yeah. I said, but that's like asking him to take away your sinful nature. Yeah. I said, and it ain't going to happen. Yeah. And it's almost kind of like, <laughs> don't you think, Shelly? I mean, we, we want that quick fix from, oh, from the pain. Like, yeah. God deliver us. But but really, um, you know, there's a, there's an element of discipleship that allows us to maintain and, and keep our freedom. And so and so then, like, the, the changing of the brain happened by the continual choosing the truth choosing the truth. Is that correct? It did. And, and you know, one thing I learned is it takes three to five years for the change. God is such a good God. Mm-hmm. When He created our brains, one thing that we've, we have learned as a society over the past few, ye- few years is neuroplasticity, which is the brain's mm-hmm. ability to change and adapt. Mm-hmm. And it's God's mercy and it's God's grace poured over our brains. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is, is that porn tracks, as I'll call them, because mm-hmm. of the because of the damage and the constant repetitive pattern that feeds the brain, uh, in the brain, that can heal and eventually mm-hmm. even disappear. Mm-hmm. And healthy, new, productive tracks can be re- can replace the porn tracks, but it takes an awful long time. Uh, I was told between three to five years. Yeah. But yeah. with my husband's case, they said a minimum of five years. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. And again, that was rewriting the tracks about the the identity piece, the unworthiness piece. You well, know, and the, yeah, okay. it's kind of like a game board. Mm-hmm. One thing that I saw one time was here's where, okay, mm-hmm. I realize I got a problem. I got caught. And unfortunately, it becomes a full-fledged addiction before most people get caught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's the, okay, don't worry. Let me appease you. I won't do it anymore. I won't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And they may mean well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that driving force and that dopamine that came and fed their brain at such a rapid pace is craving and it needs its fix. Mm-hmm. And it's strong. Mm-hmm. So... That's where, you know, the good news is, is that, you know, that's where we start to have to make choices. And with my husband, as I was sharing, when he had said to me, well, you know, God took away the desire to, for the, to look and view at things. Why isn't he just taking away that, the other parts? Mm-hmm. And I said, because this one you're going to work for. I mm-hmm. said, you're going to have a story on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I said, people are going to, if it's a quick fix and you just suddenly get cured then where's their hope when it doesn't happen for them that way? Yeah. And I said, this is teaching you Mm self-control and what you're going to choose to yield. Mm -hmm. Self-control is yielding to the spirit and not my flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that was important. And, and then my husband looked at me, and he had this look like, oh, I hadn't thought about that before. Mm-hmm. A- and I told him, I said, so stop praying that mm-hmm. God is going to just poof, take everything away, and start praying, Lord, show me the truth behind this. Yeah. And I said, and you start praying. And we prayed for the females he, wrote, he viewed online. I said, because they're broken wow. people. I said, Gosh. they're not the enemy. Shelly, that is broken, like, because I would, yeah, that's amazing. They're, they're broken got, women. Yeah, yeah. They're broken women, and they've bought the lie. Mm-hmm. The lie is someone will like me if I show them this. Yeah. And the truth is the men don't like them. They only like the visual yeah. the visual aspect of them. And then, then the, men that the, the lie that the men believe is, well, they don't mind. They want this. Yeah. They're willing. Yeah. And A, we don't know that they're willing. Some women yeah. are not. That's yeah. how we get you know, sex trafficking happening. Yeah. And two, both parties... Are, are buying the lie. I, I've spoken with women who have been really angry at the female in the in that part in that mm-hmm. uh, in this situation, and I've said, you know, they're just as broken as the men. Yeah, they don't know better. They believe the lie, mm-hmm. and having lived a lifestyle that wasn't honoring to God years mm-hmm. and years earlier, mm-hmm. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. I believed in many lies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I was worth this. This mm-hmm. is how I will appeal to somebody. Yeah. Because truly who I am on the inside may not be worth anything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. Um, so, and, and in talking about this, um, the, the brain of an addict, which, um, which is, is what are the characteristics of that? Um, because you were saying that your husband you know, was diagnosed with this sex addiction. And so, and the addiction is, is born through, you know, medicating that pain, correct? Like going to an outside source to do that, which it could be a workaholic. It could be, you know, the sex addict, whatever, the alcoholic. Um, but there's some, what, what are, what are the characteristics of an addict? Um, low self-esteem, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a vicious cycle. And the shame is huge and mm-hmm. it weighs them down, mm-hmm. literally like a wheel. They, they, have, they act out, feel the sadness, the, the suppression of that, oh, I'm this unworthy, horrible thing, which ushers them right back into, I need to feel better about myself. 
Yeah. And it's a vicious trap. So low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very isolating addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, stressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, high stress because obviously they don't they lack coping skills mm-hmm. so they don't do well in stressful situations mm-hmm. depression mm-hmm. Uh, low energy it mm-hmm. literally zaps your energy and just numbs mm-hmm. and dummies up your brain mm-hmm. mood swings because you can't regulate your emotions um, mm-hmm. lack of friendships we see that a lot with men who who use this vice is that they tend to lack friendships yeah. Because they shut down and they isolate and they hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, compulsive decision-making is huge mm-hmm. and impaired memory. Yeah. My husband's memory is still uh-huh. not fully restored. Okay. Because of the because of the logic part of the yes. brain. Um, I always want to say now the mohawk part of the brain because that's what <laughs> yeah. we were calling it. So. <laughs> it paints such so, a nice picture of what part of it gets destroyed. So in this, I know that the Lord um, led you to... Um, uh, local counselors to, you know, you learn different things on, on the internet. What were some of the other resources um, that you would, that, that really helped you, that, that you would want to share with our audience and recommend? Um, some of this, in all honesty, it's just a God story. God would just give me knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it would just be my husband would say something, mm-hmm. and I would instantly know how to respond yeah. in an appropriate manner yes. that would that would um, cause truth to come Amen. out. And Amen. and that was truly only of him. I had to be extremely sensitive to his spirit, and mm-hmm. and make no mistake, um, as I shared in the first the, the first episode of this, uh, my husband went way out of bounds in his addiction, um, mm-hmm. and he was an addict for 35 years and deeply wounded me. So I don't want to gloss over that in any mm-hmm. means and make it sound like I just jumped up to help and, and then everything got better. Um, mm-hmm. God was working on healing my wounds at the same time. The mm-hmm. amazing thing about God is that I had no idea that as I reached out to my husband uh, to lend support in obedience to the Father, Mm-hmm. that in turn, God would not only use me to heal him, but he would also be healing my heart. Mm-hmm. Because now I get to see fully, even though I always knew it wasn't about me, mm-hmm. I get to see how much this isn't about me. Mm-hmm. I have front row seats to the mm-hmm. rawness, mm-hmm. and now I can just truly truly embrace that broken little boy that was so wounded throughout mm-hmm. various stages of childhood mm-hmm. and have a heart for him. Mm-hmm. So one of the, but one of the avenues that God pointed us to, uh, just when I was feeling like there's just no hope, because you go through, like I started to say, you go through paths where at first there is, okay, I've got a problem, and then you work through a certain stage, and then there's a denial box, like a bunch of denial that has to get through. Well, but I'm not as bad as this. Well, no, I don't do this, because they compartmentalize. They get really good at buying their own lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you got to wave through that and then get to the next part. And then there's another big, large patch of denial. Mm -hmm. It took so long Mm -hmm. and so many years Mm -hmm. to get through every little bit. And as we went through the next one, then I would go to another resource that dealt with what the problem was as it was uncovering, as I would see, okay, now we're at this part of the onion as we're peeling it. And I would find and look up and learn and pray and God would... Mm-hmm. use me to help him through that mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. Then there's other parts. Mm-hmm. It, it was a constant. Mm-hmm. And there was times where I was just so discouraged and I just felt like, why am I even bothering? Mm-hmm. But then there'd be an awakening again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then something else would come up. But at right. the very last bit of it, 
when I, in all honesty, felt like, you know, I just want to throw in the towel. I'm just, I'm just done. He just mm-hmm. doesn't seem to get it. This guy is just, maybe he's just too broken. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine told me about the Conquer series, mm-hmm. and she had happened to hear about it, she tells me, only a few days prior to talking to me about it. Mm-hmm. And the person who leads up the Conquer series, who is the announcer of it, is Dr. Ted Roberts. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, he, my husband had heard so many things that didn't jive with the Bible through Christian support groups and um, that minimized the addiction and never really, mm-hmm. like I shared, got to the root of it. And, the, and so at this point, I thought, well, we don't have anything to lose. We're going to order this. And I said, I'm going to watch it too. Mm-hmm. And it's designed for men, but I would encourage women to watch it. The okay. reason, one main reason why I watched it is because I wanted to know what was going into my husband's head. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what was going to be said to him. Mm-hmm. Because if there was anything that minimized the addiction or mm-hmm. that contradicted God's word, though this was Christian, I wanted to be there to to, yeah. to refute that. Yeah. yeah. So I insisted, and mm-hmm. I will never forget one of the things mm-hmm. he says, Ted Roberts says, out of the box uh, in that first first episode was any sex. He says, I want to be very clear mm-hmm. what sexual sin is. And he spells it out. And he says, any sexual activity outside the marital bed is sin. And then he gets very direct with men in case they don't know what that might include. Mm-hmm. And he's very explicit in various different acts. And right when he said that, I had tears that came to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Because for the first time, I had an ally. Mm-hmm. I had a man who was willing to speak truth to my my husband's heart, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unlike me who'd been saying it, which yeah. still God had used. I mean, I yeah. had gotten him down the tr- that rabbit hole and that yeah. track, and we had broken yeah. through a lot of progress. I mean, we, we were years through this. Yeah. So it, 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 it wasn't in vain that I had been doing everything, mm-hmm. but now I had a resource that mm-hmm. I could trust, mm-hmm. and I was excited to watch it. It was so motivating. It was so educational. And I asked my mm-hmm. husband, I said, you know, what is it about that series that you loved and that mm-hmm. you that drew you into mm-hmm. it? Because I think it's important for women to know that. What mm-hmm. makes this particular piece mm-hmm. so so effective? And he said, there's a part, and I'll quote, where Dr. Ted Roberts says this to the men directly. He says, the devil's laughing at you and hell considers you a joke mm-hmm. when you live in sexual bondage. Wow. Mm-hmm. And no man wants to be thought of as mm-hmm. a joke. Yeah. <laughs> it steps on the ego. The, those were fighting words. Yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. immediately the antennas in my the yeah. antenna went up in my husband. And here's another thing that, that Ted Roberts talks about that my husband noticed that is so ingenious about the way this series is, is written. It is clearly done for the men, though I say women can still gain something from it. Mm-hmm. A man's brain is wired for novelty, adventure, and arousal. Mm-hmm. And porn offers all of that, mm-hmm. but the Conquer series does too. The way that they yeah. illustrate and execute everything they do, uh-huh. it brings novelty. They bring adventure mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. It's not just a man standing up there saying, "Okay, man, this is what you got to do." Men already know that, that what they're doing, they shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. but they're broken. Yeah. They're stuck in their bondage, and yeah. they don't know how to get help. Get and yeah. sometimes they're too prideful. Yeah. And, they, yeah. and they don't want to tell their wives because they're mm-hmm. afraid their wife's going to leave. Mm-hmm. And she may not be equipped. My husband would never have guessed, nor would I, that I would actually be an instrument and be equipped to help him in this capacity. Yeah. And I know that if 
I can do it, that there are other women out there that God is calling. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Conquer series. Yes. The Conquer series, which um, part of this podcast series that we're doing at Treasured Ministries, we interviewed um, uh, Jeremy Wiles, who's the um, the founder of that, and talked to us about his own struggle with it and how he couldn't find, wasn't able to find, um, or found some help in the church, like you're saying, was surface. And so when he walked through a solution, he wanted to offer it to others. And so that's where, and and so you can look up his company, which is Kingdom Works, and, and get that series. And I love that you said that you watched it with your husband and even bringing in the idea of war against the enemy. Oh, absolutely. Because this is like, this is it's like this an war. epic, you know, like if your husband is struggling with this, this is like an epic battle that God has called you to. Um, and uh, and uh, and and it's a battle too that your husband was at least willing to, you know, in, engage in. I mean, yeah. it took you know it took a long time, but but I just say this because there may be a woman listening whose husband, you know, has you you really want your husband to change. You want the God to do the God honoring thing, but your husband has just said, "See you later." And and I'm out of here, you know. And um and and if he's done that, we can certainly pray for your husband, all those things. Or if he's if he's gone out, I've talked to many women who their husbands have gotten into pornography. That was the first step, and then they ended up having an affair, and then they left the marriage. And um and and so um and so God will, um in, in that Romans passage that He will turn us over, you know, to to the choices that we make. And and not even God violates that um, violates that free will. So if your husband um, is completely denying that he has a problem and he's turning the other way, sometimes sometimes we have to let go, you know, until they're until they're willing to come back if they ever choose that. But that's not on you. That's that's their choices um, that, that they're making. Um, and I would just suggest, you know. Quite honestly, every Christian household should have this series. Every okay. single household. Because a lot of us women are raising sons. Yes. And you know, I, yeah, let's there was talk a time. Yeah, there, was, yeah. there was a time in which I thought, I was naive. I thought, well, that's just great. My husband just blew our witness. Mm-hmm. Here we have secular married friends, and we're the marriage that's on fire. Mm-hmm. And I thought, we're supposed to be standing out. We're supposed to look like we've got something better. And God showed me, no, no, I can't use a mirage. I can't use something that just sits on a mountaintop. I'm bringing it down into the valley, and I'm going to work it out for good, for my glory and for mm-hmm. your good. Mm-hmm. And you, your marriage will be a witness to people. And mm-hmm. one of the things I did is that I was willing, and I didn't know why. I had a group mm-hmm. of women uh, come to my house uh, for dinner during the time in which we were separated during that seven-month period. And I was just very real with them. I said, well, it turns out my husband's addiction is a lot deeper than what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go into specifics. And they, mm-hmm. were, they, they were not believers. And I said to them, I said, but, I said, God's going to get the glory on this. Mm-hmm. I said, because I will meet women at some point in time that are going through this, and they're going to know I'm going to be a safe avenue to talk to. Yeah. I said, I yeah. trust God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, a month later, you know, I had one of those women contacted me, mm-hmm. and she said, "Guess what? I think we've got something in common." And mm-hmm. I, she would never have called me if she hadn't known mm-hmm. my story. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, we need to be willing to talk. Yeah. We need to be willing to be honest and not yeah. just put on the happy Christian face when, when we think that that's what's expected. We need to be willing to yeah. be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, we need to use discretion when we are, but we mm-hmm. need to be willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and having this tool educates us because the one beauty, not only have I seen God use it in other women's lives, but He's using it to help me raise my son. Mm-hmm. This is something I didn't even know was a problem out there. Mm-hmm. And now I'm able to equip my son. My husband and I are able to to equip mm-hmm. my son in a way so that he can be ready for battle mm-hmm. because no man is born ready for battle no no and it's so it's so out there and it so quickly can capture that um, that addictive nature and so readily available um, to children um, what what resources have you used to talk to? Um, and and how, how old is your son again? My son's almost 11. Son's almost 11. Okay, so as early as, you know, 11, you're, you're talking about it, which oh, is awesome. Oh, absolutely. We started talking about it um, actually a few years earlier. You know, we've been very honest um, with our children, and, and we've talked to them a little bit about, you know, mm-hmm. my childhood, but but daddies and, and how, mm-hmm. you know, daddies had to learn some things as an adult that maybe mm-hmm. he would have learned when he was younger, but his circumstances just didn't permit that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I had shared before, though, um, my husband first started viewing things at eight or nine and then really got hooked at 12 and a half and then had lots of intense, mm-hmm. horrible behaviors. So we wanted to equip our son. As soon as I recognized this was a problem, I started talking to him. And mm-hmm. one of the comments that my son had made one time was... How do you even start that conversation? Um, I think in like, simplistic terms. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be sensitive to the age. I don't mm-hmm. want to rob him of his innocence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I need to... I, I need to help him know that there's a battle out there. Yeah. And I need to make sure he's armed for that. Yeah. And I've said to him, and I have not, you know, we've said to him stuff like, you know, unfortunately, whatever God creates, Satan creates the counterfeit. Mm-hmm. That's just how God works. And I teach apologetics to my children in, mm-hmm. in homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about how, you know, women, have, God gave them mm-hmm. beauty, but he also gave men eyes and and men are visual well he gave mm-hmm. everybody eyes but men are more visually stimulated that means their vision works at a higher rate than a woman so mm-hmm. you're going to notice things and they're going to stand out to you a lot more and that's great and god designed that so that you will see when you look mm-hmm. at your wife you're going to see and love her no matter mm-hmm. what she looks like that day right you're right. going to embrace and love her mm-hmm. but satan says oh you don't have to love just your wife mm-hmm. look at what else is here Mm-hmm. And I said, and unfortunately, there's women that are hurting, mm-hmm. and, and they will pose with, without wearing clothes. Yeah. And I said, yeah. and we want to be mindful because that causes such damage to the brain. And one of yeah. the tools that we've used, and I've learned so much from, mm-hmm. is a book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And it's about porn-proofing today's young kids. And um, it is, it, I don't know that it's a Christian resource, but it is so beneficial. Mm -hmm. And they really address that. And it talks a lot about the feeling part of the brain and the reason part of the brain and strengthening that part. Mm -hmm. And we've just been really challenging um, our son in particular to really be mindful of putting his head down. So now when we walk through Target and there might be the lingerie department, Mm -hmm. and then sadly they have posters of Mm -hmm. of women modeling that, Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. husband or my son knows already Mm -hmm. to turn his head. Yeah. He doesn't even engage in it. And I yeah. told him, and one time when we were at a store, he I was getting shaving cream, and, and he saw a woman's shaving cream can, and it showed a woman who, he didn't know if he, she was naked, but she clearly didn't look as though she would have clothes on. Yeah. But the way yeah. she was positioned, it was yeah. fashioning her legs. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, Mommy, 
she doesn't look like she's probably wearing any clothes. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how ironic that out of everything there in that aisle, that my son would instantly know that. And I thought, Mm -hmm. the enemy's alive and well. Yeah. And I looked at him and I he says, why do they do that? And that's when I told him, I said, honey, for the rest of your life, you're going to fight this battle. And I wish, and I start Mm -hmm. to tear up when I talk about this. I said, I wish, I wish I could tell Mm -hmm. you it'd be different. And I said, but... This is why Daddy and I talk to you, mm-hmm. because we don't want you buying any of Satan's lies, because yeah. what God has is so much better than what yeah. Satan offers. Yeah. And I said, but some women, they get money for that, and, and because they're broken, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And I said, and unfortunately, the men buy the lies. Yeah. And yeah. so it starts on a really innocent level. Look for opportunities. When, mm-hmm. when, when things come up, it's, it's a golden teaching opportunity. You know, why is this person dressed this way when they appear to be a man, but yet they're dressed like a female? Mm-hmm. It's a golden opportunity. You know, why, why mm-hmm. does, this, this, does this song talk about this? I mean, we even, mm-hmm. we even dissect songs, mm-hmm. you know, a God-centered song versus mm-hmm. a self-centered song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so every moment, my school day doesn't just start and end at a certain time because we've done the lesson. I parent with purpose now. Yeah. Unlike yeah. I did when I was a single parent because I was yeah. trying so hard to do it all myself. Right. But now I parent with purpose. Yeah. There's message, there's reason behind it. Yeah. And I want to quit my son and I want to have a daughter-in-law who can thank me for the work I do. Yeah. And I don't want to raise a son who just adores mommy, but he adores God. Right. And he wants to seek out God with everything he has. Right. And I'm teaching him how to do that. And yeah. that's one of the tools where even if you don't have a husband... Mm-hmm. Or you don't know if you have a husband that's struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Educate yourself and yeah. educate your children. Because mm-hmm. if your husband's not scared, not struggling with this, the rate and the increase in the risk that your that your son will someday is that much greater. Yeah. Whether yeah. we have whether we come from an intact family right. or not. Right. Right. We're broken yeah. people and we're yeah. making broken choices unless yeah. we get educated. That's right. That's right. And I love, no, I love the way that you're talking about, like, I mean, because it's sort of like we, you know, um, you know, we say don't, or we have this one moment in time where our children are 12 and we take them, um, like I know my husband took my boys on a camping trip and told them about the birds and the bees and all of that sort of stuff like that. But, um, but I love what you're saying. You know, it needs to be a part of everyday conversation because the battle is real and, and, and it is everywhere, like you're yes. saying. And, and so don't like, cause, because, you know, as I was saying to you, how do you even begin to talk about this? You know, because, um, because it's, you know, it's this weird topic, like how do you talk about it? And, but by almost by making it, um, like an everyday, like you would, I don't know, like the, you know, um, uh, like, I don't know the flu. Like I mean any like a physical sickness. Like yeah. you would talk about it and you wouldn't you wouldn't it wouldn't be taboo and so then when your children are out of the house and they they have a fever, they know to I mean, you know, they they know what to do. Well, you know, with parenting our, our job is to, is to work our way out of a job. If we've done it effectively, mm-hmm. we've worked our way out of a job. It's the only career or the profession where if you've done it well, you've worked your way out of a position. Most yeah. jobs on this earth, we want to secure our position. But 
Yeah. As a healthy parent, mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally, we want to work our way out of a job. Mm-hmm. In other words, mm-hmm. my job is not to make my kids dependent upon me for yes. as a resource. I want to be a constructive resource. But my job is to slowly broaden the fence mm-hmm. to where they can go out and be functioning, well-educated adults, mm-hmm. biblically well-educated adults, not the mm-hmm. world's education, but godly wisdom. Mm-hmm. And they can make wise and healthy good choices. Yeah. It's to work my way out of a job where they don't they're not dependent on needing on needing they don't need me my security comes from christ it doesn't come from being needed as a mother yeah yeah or even needed as a wife controlling uh codependence you know when they when when they're older kind of uh steps in um but and i love what you just said there that's beautiful wisdom thank you i needed to hear that because you know my youngest is getting ready to fly out of the nest (laughs) so anyway but so and he's uh He's definitely spreading his wings to be to be more independent, but um, but just the fact of using those opportunities to to teach our children um, to to choose the truth and what is the truth, and and not necessarily what I love about how you how you've done all this is that you didn't just tell them the truth like that may have been when they were younger but you're teaching them how to come to that conclusion themselves by asking the questions, asking the questions. Now, what does God say about that? And what is, what is this? And what is that? And then, um, and then, you know, because we can trust that, that our God is not a liar and that he is, he gives us the real thing and what will bring real joy, um, inside of sex, inside of marriage, which, um, which is, which is wonderful. So, well, and you know, it, it's not just a male problem. I mean, twenty to thirty percent of women mm-hmm. are now addicted to pornography, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 they're buying the lies too. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. That breaks my heart. So we also need to educate our daughters on dress. Yeah. We need to educate them on, on yes. how their their value is worth more than the way they dress. Yes. And choose to dress appropriately in a way that honors God, yeah. first and foremost, because yeah. they are of so much value. They are the daughters mm-hmm. of a—they are the princess. Mm-hmm. They are the daughters of a king. Mm-hmm. And as sons, you are the son of a king. And how does royalty act? Royalty yeah. does not walk around on the, on the ground taking the scraps of the enemy. Yeah. It stands— and it stands and it and it waits for what's truth. Yeah. And yeah. so for me, it's also teaching my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what does this mean about her? And there's ways that we can support our men, um, mm-hmm. not just for our own issues or, or brokenness about teaching dress to women as far as or to young girls so that they don't uh, dress in a way that's 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 not appropriate, but also because we want to help our men. Mm-hmm. We want to help our teenage boys. We want to help the men out there, and we can't help them if we're showing it off. Mm-hmm. We don't, it's hard enough for them. They already have a battlefield that's everywhere. And we want to stand and honor God and we want to help support men so that they do not fall into this addiction. Yeah. And so that also when they, when we do dress, we dress in a way that honors. I have no idea if I go to a restaurant, I might be dressing in a very nice, um, fashionable way for my husband that might look very flattering to my figure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what man out there. Yeah. Is at the restaurant who's struggling and fighting to not, yeah, take a second look. Right. It, the first when we we can't help but what we see. But what we've been teaching our children is, the second look is by choice. Mm-hmm. Once you know something's there and you choose to stay on it, or even the first look and you're staying on it, now you've now you've elected to make a choice. Now you're choosing 
mm-hmm. to, to look at something that's going to damage you, that yeah. is not appropriate. Yeah. So we have to make educated choices. And the best way we can do that when we mm-hmm. know that men are struggling is how can we as a women, mm-hmm. as a body of believers, mm-hmm. help help other women to make their man stronger? Yeah, I love that. Because we're in this together. Yeah, yeah. And And God wants to use both genders to knock this problem out. It's not just a man issue. Great point. And and as you said in the beginning, one person can make a difference. Huge difference. Mm -hmm. I never would have guessed. And my husband has told me, he said, aside from God, we want to give God all the glory. So so please hear my word correctly. But he said, if you hadn't done what you did, I would still be stuck in it. It was mm. your willingness to stand firm, and that is key to women who are fearful of, boundary, of laying down boundaries for whatever reason. My husband said, if you had not laid down the boundaries you did, I would not be where I'm at. Beautiful. Beautiful. Shelly, thank you so much for sharing your story, and I know that this is going to bless so mm. many women, um, and I just I appreciate you so much. Um, and, and just in closing today, um, I, what, what else, is there anything else that you would just love to share, um, to leave with, with our audience? Well, where my marriage is today is is an important one that people would probably want to know. And and Mm -hmm. that is this, is that, um, I would love to tell everybody that, you know, he confessed everything, everything got good and Mm -hmm. wonderful. It's a process. Our life has changed. There's certain things, you know, we're very mindful of what Mm -hmm. we watch, where we go. Mm -hmm. Um, It changed our entire world. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It changed it for the better. It's more real now. Mm -hmm. Um, I have moments where Mm -hmm. where I'm hurting. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Um, Not actively today, Mm -hmm. but there might be like a trigger of something. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm free to speak my mind. Mm -hmm. And that's where because he's now learned through his recovery and what we've worked on with the brain issue stuff, Mm -hmm. how to take responsibility, how Mm -hmm. to take responsibility for his feelings, Mm -hmm. and how to take ownership for what it did to me. So we're at a much, much, much better place, but it Mm -hmm. does take years. It'll be Mm -hmm. almost five years now. So we're a lot farther along than we were a few years ago, Mm -hmm. but this will be something that we deal with for the rest of our lives Mm -hmm. every day Mm -hmm. and we want to give God an opportunity to use this in a way Mm -hmm. that honors him and and it doesn't delight the enemy the enemy took so many years but God Mm -hmm. promises to restore what the locusts have eaten and he does that when we hand it back over to him and say here you go here's the broken picture please make some make beauty out of it yeah and he's faithful to do that beautiful that's awesome that's awesome Mm. The epic journey that continues, <laughs> oh, right? The yeah. epic journey that continues. So thank you so much, Shelly. This has been um, truly amazing, impactful for me, and I know for, for many women that will hear, and I just appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story. Thank you, thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for listening in. And I tell you, the biggest way that you can help, please... Um, tag any women that you know that are walking through this. And, and really, um, this, you know, even even if they're not, I think this is a word that we need to get out. And so if you'll just share this podcast, I would be grateful that will help this message um, spread and grow. And again, if you missed part one of Shelly's story, just go into the podcast notes and we'll have the link there so that you can pop back and hear uh, and hear the beginning of of this of this uh, journey, Shelley. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thanks everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.